Okay, well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, lovely, I didn't hear our uh, back from you. I know you're behind masks, but I reckon I can still hear. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, lovely to see you all. Merry Christmas to those uh, watching at home. Uh, sorry you can't be with us. Uh, and I'm sorry you're behind masks. It would be lovely to see your smiling faces. Um, does anyone uh, at your home uh, at Christmas do the Christmas lunch thing with Christmas crackers or bonbons? Do people, t- do people have them? Does anyone not have them? Like, you know, because you're missing out. Because, um, uh, so basically you get it with your partner. Oh, you crack it. You have a look at what's inside. Uh, open it up. Uh, and so you normally find a little trinket. Uh, for me, I've got, looks like a Christmas dinosaur. Um, so I won't put him in the nativity, he won't be so good there. Uh, Christmas dinosaur and a hat. Right? And you all sit around um, with your little paper hat. Uh, and then you tell really corny jokes. Uh, so let me tell you a couple that came in my bonbon. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Any, any idea? Tinselitis. Oh, very funny. Uh, and so this is what you do. You sort of sit around, and they're so bad that you actually start laughing. Uh, why, did, <clears throat> why did no one bid for Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? They were too dear. Huh? Uh, Rudolph and Blitzen, too reindeer, they were too dear. Uh, how about this one? You've got to think about this one. Why was the snowman embarrassed when he was spotted rummaging through a bag of carrots? Right, so the snowman was embarrassed when he was spotted rummaging through a bag of carrots. Why? Because he was caught picking his nose. Yeah. Because, you know, car- you know anyway, uh, you get someone else to explain it to you. All right. Uh, anyway, a couple of weeks ago, the, um, the extended sheath family, so me and my brother and sister, my parents, uh, many of our kids, we all got together uh, and had our Christmas celebration uh, earlier in December. And we were all sitting around with our hats on, telling our corny jokes. uh, And we got to kind of reminiscing, uh, telling stories of growing up. And it was a lot of fun, especially for me and my brother and sister. The the next generation didn't find it that interesting. But I remember telling a story about my brother, and I just burst into laughter. Like, I was hysterical with laughter. I had tears streaming down my face, and it wasn't even that funny. Uh, and, and everyone at the table was kind of like a bit weirded out, you know what I mean? It was like, what's, what's going on? And, and so they were curious, because did I not get the joke, or was that just not funny? Uh, and then, but I, after a little while, everyone was just burst into laughter. Uh, and then afterwards, one of my daughters said to me, what was going on there? Uh, what happened? And I think, it's because, I think what's going on is this has been a, a hard year, hasn't it? Uh, a year full of stress and angst and uncertainty uh, and isolation from one another. And I think gathering with my family, people I love, people who love me, when you feel safe and at ease, it was just one of those beautiful moments of pure joy. And you just wish you could bottle those moments, don't you? And just, and just live them forever. Now, here is my conviction. Today, uh, this morning, I just want to reflect 
on the events of that first Christmas, uh, what we heard about on the video from Luke chapter 2, my conviction, and I brought my nativity scene to sort of illustrate what's going on, and how good does that look on the, on the video there? Uh, and, and it's not exactly as it was, you know, like it wasn't necessarily stable. The angel would have looked a bit scarier than that. And unfortunately, I don't have shepherds and sheep, which is a, so anyone who wants to donate some shepherds and sheep, I'll bring them in next year uh, as part of the nativity. Um, but my conviction is that if the Christmas message, if the message about Jesus is true, which I am utterly convinced of, uh, I have investigated it thoroughly and I am deeply convinced it's true. And if it is true, then it is the, the good news, it is the joy that our heart and soul craves for. You know how you crave for joy in an uncertain world? I'm convinced the Christmas message delivers that joy uh, that we long for. So that's what I'm going to be reflecting on this morning. And I want to start off with the background. And the background is that we live in an anxious and weary world. Uh, and that was the world Jesus was born into, a world of sickness and isolation and oppression. Uh, and even Jesus' birth, the events surrounding that. So Mary and Joseph weren't even married uh, and then Mary becomes pregnant, and it's not even Joseph's baby. Uh, so there's that kind of stress and public reputation thing. And then Caesar Augustus, who wasn't even Jewish. You know, he was across the Mediterranean, but he issued a decree, and it meant that Joseph and Mary had to return to Joseph's home of origin. And so they trekked down to Bethlehem, that long journey. They arrived there, and there's no guest room for them. Uh, and so they had to sort of make do, and the little cot, the little crib that Jesus is placed in, is an animal feeding trough. Right, it's called a manger in the Bible, but I don't know what a manger is. It's an an so, well, that's what it is. It's an animal feeding trough. And you just think, man, stressful circumstances, non-ideal circumstances for the birth of this little one, the baby Jesus. Now, I... I had a special baby come into my life uh, just a few weeks ago. I became a grandpa. And just to prove it, I got a shirt today as part of my Christmas present. Can you see that? It says, the grandpa, right? So not just pa, because that's what I'll be known as, but I am the grandpa. Uh, and on the back, it has my family. Uh, and it came with a little card that said, we've got your back, right? So, because, uh, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, anyway, it's lovely, isn't it? Uh, so that was my first present that I got to open today. Um, uh, but let me come off, you know, my own story of being grandpa. Even here in Australia, with our world-class medical system, even here in Australia, childbirth is an anxious thing. And there are so many uncertainties, there's a lot of stress, and those worries and fears continue on through life. Now, I don't know about you, but for me this year, I have felt a kind of rise in anxiety. Um, and you don't have to say, yeah, I have too, but I, I wonder whether you identify with that. Just a, 
just feeling kind of, well, feeling kind of worn down by all the changes, by all the kind of the messages out there. And it's kind of like, well, what do I believe? What, 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 what's the future hold? Uh, even as we plan this summer, we kind of thought we'd got to the finish line of COVID. Um, our COVID kind of, what do you call them, the head of our COVID committee came to our staff meeting two weeks ago and said, well, I'm resigning now, my job's done. Uh, and he was a bit premature in announcing that because then the Omicron kind of spikes and we have to change plans for Good News Week. Uh, and it's just like, man, the amount of change, the isolation, uh, the, the kind of fears around sickness, and we each feel it, and I think it feeds, we feed off each other's anxiety as well. I've been reading a little bit about uh, anxiety, uh, and I've got a couple of, I, I read this really, really helpful article, and it talked about three key words. Let me remove this fellow. Um, and put him up there, um, permanent, pervasive, and personal, three words. Let me unpack it. With, with, when we feel anxious, what often happens is we have these fears, but we catastrophize those fears. They kind of get blown out of proportion. And what happens is something may have happened to us, but we personalize it we actually start to feel there's something wrong with me or there's something bad about me. Secondly, it starts to feel pervasive. So it may be something that started in one area of my life, but it kind of starts to feel like it takes over my whole life. And thirdly, it can feel permanent. You know, whilst we might be going through a season, it can start to feel like, well, this is, I'm stuck here and this is how it is. Uh, from, from this point on. Have I still got a hat on? I don't need a hat on. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, excuse me. Let me remove the hat. I thought Ruth would be saying the hat, the hat, but uh, she wasn't. All right. Now, can you take me more seriously if I continue on? Um, now, part of the answer, part of the answer is to be less harsh on ourselves. Part of the answer is just to give ourselves a break and to go, we've been through... Uh, a, a strange season, uh, a wearing season. So it's okay that we've lost a little bit of resilience. It's okay if we need to spend some time rebuilding our confidence. Let's just show some grace towards ourselves and one another. Uh, and, uh, and I think another principle is, what Jesus says is, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have enough worries of its own you know, live in the day uh, and, you know, do what you need to do today without kind of stressing about tomorrow. So Jesus was born into this same anxious and weary world that we find ourselves in today. Um, but the interesting thing about the coming of Jesus into our world is that actually increased the anxiety that was kind of the initial trigger. See, that's what happened with the shepherds, isn't it? As the angels appeared to the shepherds who were looking after their sheep out in the fields. So, you know, he is at, you know, in Bethlehem. So they're out in the fields outside of Bethlehem. The angel appears and they are terrified. Luke chapter 2, verse 9, the shepherds were terrified. 
And I reckon this is what God's word does. God's word confronts us. It kind of shakes our world up a bit because it reveals to us supernatural realities beyond what we can see and touch and control. Uh, And primarily, it reveals to us the God who made us, the God who so often we kind of ignore, but the God who made us and the God before whom one day we must all give an account. Uh, And so what that does is it creates a kind of a base level fear in our lives about death and what lies beyond uh, that day when I'll have to stand before the God who made me. And the thing about those fears, fears about death and what lies beyond, is that they, they tick all the three Ps. It is personal, and that is, I can't blame anyone else. I have ignored God. Um, I have disobeyed the God who made me. I have failed to give him the thanks and honour and praise that he deserves. I can't just push that on to someone else. This is a personal thing between me and the God who made me. Secondly, it's pervasive, and that is, I actually find my self-centeredness, my sin, impacts every part of my life, sometimes in ways that surprise me uh, and disturb me but it's pervasive, and thirdly, it's permanent. And that is, I can't actually, by myself, do anything about it. I can't cleanse the sin and the guilt and shame in my life. I can't actually do anything to make a difference on that day when I stand before God. And I'm convinced that kind of lurking beneath many of our fears in life is this kind of base level fear about death and what lies beyond death. But here is the thing. Wonderfully, this is the very problem that Jesus came to address. Jesus came to fix or heal or calm our deepest fears. Uh, of death and what lies beyond. So that's why the coming of Jesus into our world is the best news ever for an anxious and weary world. It really is the best news ever. Because when you take our fears and anxieties and you come to the deepest ones, Jesus came to address those things. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angels say, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is a message of joy for all people. The shepherds didn't appear to terrify the shepherds. Sorry, the angels didn't come to terrify the shepherds. They came to comfort them and to bring them good news. Today in the town of David, a saviour, someone who's going to save you, uh, has been born. He is the Messiah the Lord. And here is the thing, Jesus wasn't born into our world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He didn't come to make us more scared, he came to calm our fears. And it is so beautiful. And 
Uh, and the way he does it is through his life and then his death, where, where in his death he faced our fears for us. He faced down death and the judgment of God and he endured it in our place so that we could be forgiven. And then he rose again from the dead on the third day, overcoming the power of death, giving confidence that to all who trust in him that our death, our guilt, our shame has been dealt with and there is victory over death that is experienced through trusting Jesus and his resurrection. And just as our fears are personal, pervasive and permanent, so the salvation Jesus brings is personal. And that is, as I put my trust in Jesus, I can say not just Jesus died for the world, but Jesus died for me. And Jesus died for you. Uh, Jesus has dealt with my sin and my shame and my guilt. It's been washed away and he's restored my relationship with God in a beautiful way. Secondly, it's pervasive. And that is, there is no area of your life that is left untouched by Jesus. Uh, it's not like Jesus cleans up part of your life. He washes you fully clean from all guilt and all shame. And you think, hallelujah, right? Total, pervasive. And thirdly, it's permanent. One of the things that gets me about this vaccination thing is you, we, we now need boosters. And you think, am I going to be having booster shots for the rest of my life? You know, because the effects kind of seem to wear off. Now, with Jesus, he died once. He came once, he lived once, he died once, and now he rules forever. And the effects of what he's done will last into eternity. Nothing more needs to be done. Uh, he cleanses sin once for all time. Now, that is the best news ever as far as I'm concerned. When you, when you understand it and take it to heart, it, it won't take away all your anxieties about life. Uh, we'll still get anxious. We'll still get weary, especially in these troubled times that we live. But because Jesus has dealt with our biggest fears, what I think are our base level fears, then I reckon that makes a huge, huge difference. Because it actually puts our other fears in perspective. We actually start to realise they're actually kind of small in the scheme of things. Jesus has dealt with the big things. Now, I may not be able to control the future, but I know that when I die, then I will be accepted by God into heaven. And it's not because of me or what I, uh, you know, my performance. It's because of Jesus and what he's done for me. Uh, and this brings a joy and a hope and a comfort and a confidence in life. And I've experienced that personally. Uh, and I, you're welcome to come and talk to me afterwards and I can tell you my personal experience of the joy and the comfort and the peace. I've seen it in many of your lives. And I've even seen it in the lives of brothers and sisters, you know, Christian brothers and sisters, in their dying breaths. 
You know, sometimes I've had the privilege of holding someone's hand as they breathe their last breaths. But to see the peace, the confidence, the assurance, even the joy with which people can face death and what lies beyond through Jesus, it is a privilege and it is remarkable. Uh, And it's something that I want all of us to have. It's something that Jesus came to bring us, a confidence, a joy, a peace like nothing else. So the key question becomes, is all this true? Let me remove these for a moment. Here we go. This is the big reveal. Is it true? Um, now, we're, we're very used to asking this question, is it true, aren't we? Oh, look. So this is what the, sh- uh, the shepherds do. They hear this good news and they go, well, we need to check it out for ourselves. So let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And off they go to see it for themselves, to experience it for themselves. Um, and... This question, is it true, I reckon it's something that we're all asking almost every day. We've all become experts at wrestling with the truth. I got an email the other day, and there's a lady in Canada who is about to die, and she's a millionaire, and she said to me that she's chosen me as the sole inheritor of her whole estate. This is millions of dollars we're talking about. And so she said to me, you'll get 70% of it and then you give 30% of it away. And she gave me some directions for how I would give away the other 30%. Uh, and you just think, wow, that, that sounds like good news. Although my email filter kind of kicked it straight into the, kind of the junk mail or the spam because uh, it was very skeptical, uh, which I am, and of course you are as well. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely, though, hey, to have... But, uh, but no, uh, we're, we're sort of... We're filtering out that sort of fake news all the time. Uh, and so what we've got to do is we hear something, we ask the question, is it true? Look at this. Wow. Uh, you can give it... A, you might give it a tick. Let's see what happens if I... Oh, here we go. Or you might give it a cross. Or... You just might know, may not know, you know, the question mark, right? So, but this is what we're doing all the time. We're kind of thinking through, all right, this, this information that I'm receiving, is it true or is it false or do I need to investigate it further? And I'll often, you know, when someone sends me an email and it just goes, oh, I'm not sure about that, I'll often run it through one of those internet kind of fact checker sites, which I find really helpful. But gee, haven't we had to do that this year? Because haven't we received a lot of information about vaccines and pandemic and where it comes from and all that sort of stuff? And you can't read everything, can you? Like, I've just been overwhelmed with information. But sometimes you've just got to go, no, I need to chase that down and work it out for myself. Because just because I received it from a friend doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And so we've learned strategies for fact-checking. Now, I'm just saying that when it comes to the good news of Jesus, that's what you've got to do. You can't just say, well, Dave believes it, so therefore I'm going to believe it too. Uh, That won't sustain you in your faith through life. But on the other hand, you can't just say, well, well, my friends don't believe it, so I'm not going to believe it either. You've actually got to say, I'm going to work this out for myself. 
Uh, and there are really good ways you can do that. So these biographies, like Luke's biography of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and John, they were all written within 30 years of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And you can actually find, go back to the events themselves and weigh it up for yourself. We run a series called Life, uh, and it's only in about five weeks' time, where you can come along, and we can't force anything on you. You've actually got to make a decision, but we want to help you have all the information you need, so we'll give you dinner, we'll kind of make it a really warm atmosphere, but we just want to give you an opportunity to investigate properly the truth about Jesus. Is it true? Is it true? Is it fake? Or do you need to check it out more? Because there's a lot at stake. If it is true, and you already know that I am utterly convinced it is true, but if it is true, here is the joy that our hearts long for, that our souls crave. Here is confidence about the future. Here is peace uh, and hope that, our, that so many people crave, but I'm confident it's found in Jesus. Uh, and many of you are too, and that's why we celebrate this day. But if you're not sure, please take the time to investigate. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Will you pray with me? Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we live in an anxious and weary world. You know our fears. But we want to thank you that Jesus came into our world to deal with our biggest fears. Thank you that he died for our sin. Thank you that he rose again in victory over death. Please forgive us for the way we have ignored you, the way we have disobeyed, the way we have failed to give you thanks and the honour you deserve. We want to thank you for the promise that everyone who trusts in Jesus is washed clean in a way that is personal, pervasive and permanent. Thank you for the confidence, peace, joy and hope Jesus brings. And Father, for anyone here who is not yet sure about these things, Please stir in their hearts a willingness and a desire to find out the truth so that they can experience this good news of great joy. Amen.